Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Neil Garfield Show, a presentation sponsored by www.livinglies.wordpress.com, GTC Honored, and The Garfield Firm, serving all 50 states with news and analysis of the latest bank scams against borrowers, homeowners, consumers, and investors, and providing legal representation throughout Florida. This program is for general information only. It is not a solicitation for services or legal representation and should never be used as a substitute for advice from a licensed professional. And now, here's world-renowned financial expert, attorney, and blogger, Neil Garfield. And hello, this is Neil Garfield, and this is Thursday, April 30th, 2015. Tonight... We talk about money. Tonight is the anatomy of fees and costs for foreclosure defense and rescission enforcement. The latter one, rescission enforcement, is just getting started, and lawyers who are in foreclosure defense should take a close look at it. It is going to be a major part of your practice. Why are fees so different from lawyer to lawyer, state to state? How can the finite number of lawyers who are accepting clients for foreclosure defense serve a population of what will eventually be around 14 million homes and the lives of around 45 million people? How can I get lawyers to come on board to help homeowners? How can homeowners get a lawyer they can afford why can't lawyers just take these cases on contingency? Haven't the homeowners been through enough? We'll get to all those things, and I will take questions, assuming we have time at the end. Um, I'm broadcasting live from Boynton Beach, Florida, brought to you by the Living Lives blog, GTC Honors, Asgard, Garfield Firm, with offices in South Florida, and this show is specially brought to you because of donations to the Living Lives blog from listeners like you. Thank you. And for those of you who are not contributors, we ask that you call 954-495-9867 and pledge whatever you think you can afford. On the West Coast, you can dial 520-405-1688. Our mission is to share as much information as we can to help beleaguered homeowners and other people who may not even be aware of the effect the housing crisis had on their lives. And we seem to be accomplishing our mission here. I'm fairly hopeful, although frustrated over the period of time, that as more and more judges are seeing the light, seeing that the facts are not as they appear on the paperwork that is being used by banks, trustees, and services in foreclosures that are completely wrongful and should never be allowed and would never have been allowed but for the power of the banks. We'll talk more about that later, too. So first, let me talk about why lawyers charge for their time and why their compensation is so high when compared with other workers. They get paid like doctors, accountants, and other professionals based upon their superior knowledge, the time they spent in school, and 
and the time they spent as an intern or getting trained, um, and obviously their experience in the particular matter for which they are hired. Their superior knowledge is superior because most homeowners, white people, don't know what they do, what lawyers do. Some lay people might actually know what is in the law, but they don't have a clue how to use it. Only an experienced lawyer can actually do that. And look, just look at the banks, for example. Obviously knew the law. They practically wrote all the laws when they started the mortgage mess. And they knew that theoretically they couldn't do what they were doing, that it was illegal. But they did it anyway, and they got away with it because their lawyers knew how to use the law. And that's why you hire a lawyer. You find somebody who knows how to use the law for your benefit in order to counteract what the banks are doing. And so now we have had 7 million foreclosures, despite the fact that most of them were based on, and we know this with certainty, that they were based on loan originations that were a scam, fabricated foreclosure papers, fabricated loan papers, forged documents, endorsements by uh, robo-signed by people who had no idea what they were signing, and I could go on and on and on. All showing that the banks shouldn't have been allowed to do what they did, but in most cases, as everybody knows, it may have been illegal, but they pretty much got away with it with the exception of the thousands of cases where homeowners won. But when you compare the thousands of cases or even tens of thousands of cases where homeowners won with the 7 million foreclosures that have already been done, that's like uh, barely pennies on the dollar. So the reason why lawyers get paid for what they do is that this is their work and it is the only way they earn a living. Your problem is not their problem unless the lawyer agrees to take your case and work on it. Attorney's fees are an investment in whatever your matter is, and in this case, it's your property. And it's your choice as to whether to make that investment or not. That's a strictly personal decision. You can choose anything you want, but if you choose not to fight and hope that the government or some guardian angel is going to save you from the bank, I think it's safe to say now that you are sadly mistaken. So let's talk about fees and costs. And let's talk about costs first because that's easy. Costs are whatever is charged to the lawyer for filing or handling your case. If he has to file a claim or counterclaim, he's probably going to be charged a filing fee. If he needs something served, then he needs to pay the fee to the sheriff or a, uh, uh, somebody who handles uh, service of process. Whatever is billed to the lawyer is billed to you. And because clients sometimes don't pay on time, but lawyers must pay on time, in order to file or do whatever they're doing, they usually require a cost retainer so they have the money when they need it and they don't have to wait for the client to decide on whether they want to come up with the money and when, when we all know that they're going to come up with it and that 
their the failure to pay is just going to delay their action, which they're going to complain about. So the cost of filing, even a counterclaim, can be huge, though. Take Florida, for example, where if you're challenging on a basis of title or you are filing a counterclaim for a quiet title, that's not quite title, it's quiet title, um, the clerk will charge you over $1,900 just for filing the counterclaim. So those can run into some serious numbers as well. Then you have the cost of getting forensic reports because the lawyer can't be an expert in everything. So he needs those reports and those analyses, and that frequently will run 1500 to $5,000, depending upon what's being uh, ordered. And there are plenty of people out there now doing good forensic reports. It's not like it was a few years ago. Uh, the, uh, uh, the talent out there is fairly solid. Um, so now we're going to talk about fees, and this is where I talk mostly to the lawyers and with uh, allowing potential clients to listen in. We all know about different plans for fees. The standard fee schedule that we always start with is how much we make per hour and how we charge that. And so you've got a standard fee schedule that is hourly or parts of an hour multiplied by an hourly rate. The hourly rate differs widely based upon what the market will bear. And that, in turn, is about how much experience a lawyer has. If you were getting a divorce, you would rather have a lawyer who has been through 500 divorces than one who is fresh out of law school. The guy or gal with 500 cases under his or her belt will most likely get you the most successful result possible. They're also going to charge you more because they've been through 500 cases. In the case of, and their experience is, uh, uh, is a commodity. In the case of foreclosure defense, the typical fees that are earned by lawyers who take these cases and really push them to win. Uh, whether they get paid this or not, the typical uh, amount of fees that is earned by lawyers is between thirty and sixty thousand dollars. And some lawyers now are getting comfortable enough and realizing that they're winning enough of the cases that there are some lawyers out there who are taking these cases on as a contingency for the fee award at the end of the case. Um, I don't know how they're doing, but I have heard that there are several lawyers doing that. And I invite people to write in to me and tell me how they are doing with it, if that's what they're doing. So for an hourly client, um, normally there's a down payment or retainer, and then they get billed, and the billing amount is deducted from the retainer. And when the retainer gets low enough, uh, the client gets billed again for another retainer, and the lawyer bills against that retainer, which is held normally in his trust account. 
that is a, a rare bird when it comes to foreclosure defense. And in most cases, people cannot afford to pay exactly that way. But if they can, the people who can afford to pay hourly will end up paying less than any other way. Uh, so we also have what's called a fixed project fee. And there are lawyers around that I've done it occasionally where uh, both sides take a risk. The lawyer charges either an upfront fee or a fee that is paid over a period of time. So, for example, uh, in foreclosures, there might be a, a retainer of 3500 or 5000 depends on what the, uh, is about, uh, and a monthly amount of uh, 1500 a month for 12 months. So that would, if it was 3500 up front and 1500 a month for 12 months, that would be $21,500 if I got my numbers right. And that would be a fixed project fee. Normally coupled with that is a contingency fee, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, the contingency fee, though, generally speaking, I don't know of anywhere where this is not true, only applies to an award of money damages, which now is getting increasingly frequent because whether it's disgorgement or actual damages or punitive damages or sanctions, there is an increasing frequency of those awards. And that's where a nice payday can occur for the lawyer. So I recommend that lawyers take a close look at each case there may be some nice uh, uh, prospects for a contingency fee that could result in a payday that makes the case very worthwhile, and perhaps you can lower the upfront charges uh, if that's within his own budget. So <clears throat> we have <clears throat> we have a mixed bag where. You have a retainer and then a monthly fee, but there's no cap on the monthly fee. That's the most common, I think, that, that is out there. And uh, the monthly fee is uh, frequently linked to the amount of what the monthly payments would have been under the mortgage uh, as a gauge for what the client could have. Uh, but the important thing here for both attorneys and prospective clients is that there's really two philosophies that are out there. Uh, and one of them is kicking the can down the road. Persons in the house, they are not making any payments. And in some cases, this has gone on for seven, eight, nine, ten years. And that is regarded by the client as a win. So the uh, aggressive litigation that is the kind of thing that I write about on my blog is not practiced in those kind of cases. It's just enough to create a credible threat to try to force the other side into a modification or if it actually goes to foreclosure, the homeowner got enough time without making payments 
to the bank that it was worthwhile. In those cases, the monthly fees are lower than the aggressive litigation style that uh, that I write about on my blog. The aggressive litigation style that I write about is based on one goal, winning. And uh, as I have uh, shown on my blog, that is eminently possible and is increasing in frequency. And it's not just me, it's lawyers all across the country. Uh, as lawyers become more acquainted with the true facts of securitization and how that integrates with contract law and real estate law and all that, they're getting more and more confident, and having a confident lawyer is really a blessing because that's the guy who stands the best chance of getting a favorable result. And back to the contingency fees. There are a number of ways that lawyers can be rewarded on a contingent basis. One of them, as I just uh, talked about a moment ago, is just taking it for whatever the fee award is going to be when they win it. Now, there's a lawyer who's confident. Um, But what I'm seeing mostly, and the thing that seems to be getting the most traction out there and what is attracting the most lawyers, is a combination of... um, uh, a relatively modest uh, retainer of three to five thousand dollars, a monthly payment that is not capped, and then a lower contingency fee than the standard contingency fee. The standard contingency fee is forty percent. It can go up to fifty percent, depending upon the situation, and of course it can be as low as the parties agree. Uh, under the circumstance where the client is already paying fees, I think the appropriate contingency fee would be 20 or 25 percent. I know some lawyers that only charge 15 percent, and that contingency fee is based on the cash award. It is never based on the value of the house. Um, the I think there's ethical problems with basing it on the value of the house. But even if there are are no ethical problems, I think I can speak with some authority in saying that very few clients will sign a retainer agreement in which you're going to take a piece of their house if you win. That's why I put on my blog today uh, about the show uh, with a question, uh, will you take it on a contingency? And the answer is, sure. Which rooms do you want me to move into while we win? Uh, it really doesn't make any sense uh, to take a strictly foreclosure defense position rather than an aggressive litigation position and do it on contingency because there's nothing contingent that you can get. So the... Um, uh, the issues here are mainly about gorgement, which is becoming uh, extremely likely, of all money that was paid 
to a particular servicer or going back to services before that um, and potentially damages on top of the disgorgement and potentially punitive damages plus interest. And when you're talking uh, eight, ten years, this can really mount up. So that contingency fee that is always a pop-up question in foreclosure defense cases, that is becoming more important. And I want to direct all the lawyers' attention to the fact that there is not just a living but a real payday in pursuing these cases and going after the money. Favor for your client who not only gets to keep their house but also gets the majority of the uh, damage award. Uh, of course, if you take it completely on contingency, it's perfectly appropriate in this kind of litigation, in my opinion, to have a 50% contingency. And I think the, and my experience is that the clients are more than happy to, uh, to do that. Um, obviously, I've only done things like that in cases where um, I was very secure in my opinion that the case would be won. Um, then we have a sliding scale. <clears throat> a lot of lawyers use this to some extent, which is it's based upon the ability to pay. problem with the sliding scale, and I'll go into pro bono in a moment, is <clears throat> that you end up, depending upon whether you're functioning on a motion or whatever and how you slide the scale, the lawyer ends up with a volume that's too heavy for him or her to handle, and as a result, all the cases suffer. And uh, Or they have to hire more people and they're actually earning less than what they were doing before they went into the business of foreclosure defense. So I'm not a big fan of the sliding scale unless you use it sparingly, which brings me to my next topic, which is pro bono, free. We're obligated to form pro bono work, free work, every year. And I do it, and every lawyer I know does it. Uh, So, yes, I see no reason why you can't take a case pro bono or just uh, tack on a contingency fee in in case something is awarded. But I do want to give warning to the lawyers that it's very often the pro bono case that will take a lot of your time. So I've uh, kind of made a rule that the maximum number of pro bono cases that should be taken by any lawyer is one per month, and that it probably ought to be one every two or three months because they will take a lot of the time, and you're not going to get paid for it. You still need to pay your staff and your rent and everything else. So those are the different uh, plans, and most lawyers that I know now are uh, kind of 
creating a uh, an arrangement that takes a little piece out of each one of the possibilities that I just went through with you. <clears throat> um, for a limited time, I will take calls from lawyers around the country and help them build their business model So, because it does vary, the kind of population that's coming into your office and your own experience with it and that kind of thing. So for those lawyers uh, uh, who, who do want a little bit of my time to help, them, and it costs nothing, and you're obligated for nothing. Um, I'm just trying to get more lawyers uh, into this field because I think they'll enjoy it. I think that they will profit from it, and I think a lot of homeowners will get helped. So um, I'm making myself available, even though I have precious little time, to help some lawyers with their business models. When I did so, when I did this before, I think it was in 2008, 2009, there was several lawyers who branched out across the country, several of them making millions of dollars. Um, so it could be worth the call to you. You may have noticed that uh, today's blog was an invitation for lawyers to sign up. No obligation, no fee arrangement, no shared fees, no referral fees, nothing. I'm just looking for names of people who are willing to take foreclosure defense cases and what you do with the client as far as the amount of fees and costs and so forth, and, uh, contingency fees, that is up to you. I will have nothing to do with it, and I reserve the right to stop referring to you if I get complaints, and you always have the right to ask that we stop referring to you. But for those lawyers who are looking for business, let me put it to you this way. Every day on the Living Lives blog, I get no less than 100 to 150 requests for service every day. I obviously can't handle that, nor am I going to build an entity that does handle that. So while I probably am entitled to a referral fee as a Florida attorney, I'm not interested in that. I'm just interested in, in getting these people the help they need. So if you've got any interest or you know of somebody who may have an interest, somebody who's maybe struggling in their practice and with doing something else, get them involved in this because there's a, it's not like it was when I started writing in 2007. At the end of the day, everybody knows everything. And we don't know everything yet, but we know enough to know that the banks ought to be losing and the homeowners should be winning. And we know the violations that have occurred. Those billion-dollar settlements with the attorney generals and the consent orders with the regulatory agencies, and by the way, you should be referring to that uh, in your foreclosure defense because they made commitments to do reviews and things like that. And that will usually bring them up short when you write a letter to the attorney general telling them that Bank of America or whoever 
uh, didn't do the review that they were supposed to, and they will frequently stop the foreclosure dead in its tracks while they allegedly perform that review. So the end of the story here is homeowners, you've got a better chance than ever now to invest in your property and invest in a win. doesn't mean you will win. There's no guarantee of that. But if you get a good lawyer and the good lawyers who are listening, if you do good work, you will all be very pleased with the result. Thank you, and I will talk to you next week, same time. Thanks for listening to our broadcast. We hope that you tell your friends about us and let them know that there is hope and help in this financial crisis. Tune in every week to The Neil Garfield Show for free information and advice and visit our blog daily at The Living Lines Blog. We provide support services, the latest strategies, analysis, expert consultations, testimony, and declarations to use in your battle against the largest economic crime in human history. For information concerning Neil, the team at Living Lies, or the law firm, go to www.livinglies.wordpress.com or call 520-405-1688. The opinions expressed on this broadcast are those of the host and should not be attributed to any other person or entity.